This is the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. Hey, 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 everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today for episode number 55. We are continuing our three-part series that we've been in over the last several episodes called Setbacks. And as you've heard on the last episodes, uh, setback is basically defined in its simplest terms as a reversal of progress. Uh, and you guys all know what that's like. You know, your life is kind of just headed in one direction or another. And then one day, boom, something happens. And basically, all the progress you made just kind of comes to a halt. You know, whether that's in your marriage or in your parenting, uh, maybe you're a college student and uh, something just happens at school or maybe in your career. And that's kind of where we've been focusing on. Uh, we've all experienced setbacks in our own life to the point that it's it's almost common to to expect it. And we won't always be able to avoid them. Uh, that is just kind of life and we won't be able to avoid them. So the questions we're asking when we're dealing with setbacks are, are these three big questions. How do we grieve what once was? How do we find gratitude for what is? And how do we pursue what is to come? So today, as we have, we've been talking with several pastors who I've become good friends with who've all experienced setbacks in their life. And we're just kind of talking and seeing how and what we can learn from that. How can we grieve? How can we find gratitude? And how we can pursue what is to come? So I'm excited for today's episode. Uh, good friend of mine, we have Pastor Jody Livingston joining the show. Jody, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, man. Glad to be here. Jumping on. Finally. It's yeah, good. man. Finally. Oh, I know. It took, it took 55 hey, it episodes matter. to get you on. That's all, that's all that matters. You oh, made yeah. it. That's awesome. Well, Jody, a little bit. Tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, and why you do it. Uh, well, I'm a student pastor, and so my current role uh, oversee kind of all of our student ministries uh, at the church I serve at now, across our campuses, and I've uh, done it for a long time. Been a youth pastor since I was 18, which I would never recommend to anybody, uh, <laughs> but it's the story we live. And so, yeah, I've been doing this a long, long time—23 years, I think, at this point. I've been running towards. Uh, students and I think for me I don't I didn't start out wanting to be a student pastor I, I really wanted to do honestly full-time evangelism I had no desire to work with students but thank uh, God just really showed up in my life late in high school and um, I just found this passion to see this next generation every you know this teenage generation uh, kind of get it right and I, I think when you look yeah. throughout church history you see that every kind of great movement great awakening that has happened god has always used uh you know teens and early 20s young adults to uh to bring that about and i'm a i'm a fighter i guess so i, I like to be on the front lines of that and i feel like man i'd rather be on the front lines where that's coming than kind of catching it down the line so it's been good so we're yeah, still absolutely. running at it and I get older and they get smaller, but it feels like their problems get bigger. And yeah. yeah, oh man, I you know Jody's done over twenty plus years in student ministry. I did twelve, and you're absolutely right, man. I, I dropped my daughter off to a, a youth, as they call it, youth shindig, uh, for ice skating, and you know there's like a hundred kids there, and I just look, they look like munchkins. They look like little 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 babies and I'm like holy cow like you know it was only gosh five years ago that I was I had stepped out of student ministry and now they look so just different and young and they're you're right their problems are seems like world-sized problems yeah now. and I think that's the thing um that's probably the thing that's changed the most right I know this is not a youth ministry podcast that there's no place in time for that but <laughs> i think for a long time it felt like the adults were dealing with the really serious problems and they might right. trickle down into students um you know you might have an eating disorder here or there and you were like oh my gosh what do we do and now right. it's like oh you just have an eating disorder great we can deal with that i mean i think now it feels like the problems are really coming at us first in student ministry and they might work their way up absolutely. to adults um, absolutely you know, yeah, we're having conversations in student ministry that our adult ministries, quite honestly, aren't even thinking about right now or how to deal with, and Man. and so that's a yeah. that's a unique challenge in this season and this time. But I think uh, 
I think it's worth the battle and worth the fight. And I'm grateful. We've got a great team here with us doing that. And, you know, we do what we can to help those who are, who are around us. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I know this is not a youth ministry podcast, and we'll get to the topic of today's episode. But I just, it just kind of reminded me what what you just said there a little bit, though. That um, Andy Stanley recently um, at a drive conference said, you know, he asked a question to the audience, you know, what is the faith of the next generation worth? You know, it, he's, and then he said everything, yeah. and he said if it's worth everything, then man, we've got to get down in the in the in the mud with them. We got these tough questions, these tough situations that they're dealing with, man, we've got to be willing to, to, to walk hand in hand with them and not try to, you know, um, plaster our own faith and religion on them, but help them walk through, you know, faith and religion and experience it for themselves. And we've got to create ministries and give resources and, you know, shift our thinking of how we do ministry. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so that's been a huge thing uh, for me since I've gotten back from that is just talking with our our next gen team. Like, hey, we've got to start rethinking this because we, man, the next generation is is here. They are not the church of tomorrow. They are the church of today, and we've got to make sure that they are are being ministered to in a really really profound way. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, in the nineties, um, right? Like. Every youth group had First Timothy four twelve. That was our verse. You know, if you talk to yes, a youth pastors, like, yes. man, what what passage do you, do you really cling to as a youth pastor? Like First Timothy four twelve, man, let no one despise your youth. Right, be an example. But no, we didn't go that far. We just said no, let no one despise your youth because we were like, you know, don't 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 we're don't young. forget about us. Right, we're 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 good. Right. I think you know now here I sit, you know, and I look at Judges two ten. And uh, which is a verse mm. that no one knows. Like people listening right now are like trying to look that up on the Bible app. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but Judges two ten for me is the linchpin, right? And anytime I'm if I'm speaking at a conference someplace, even on even on our own, my own podcast, like, what is it when we're talking about why we do this? It's Judges mm. two ten for me. You 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 hit this period where okay Moses has died, Joshua has taken the people into the promised land, uh, everything has kind of been restored, everything is back. And then, and Joshua dies, right? And it, and it, and Josh, and, and mm-hmm. it says, and after this came a generation who did not know the Lord or the works of the Lord. Yep. And man, that's for me, that's the one, right? Like, hang my hat on that because I don't know about you, but when I hear that, I'm like, not the heck on my watch, you know? Like that ain't that's that ain't right. gonna happen. Absolutely. So, anyway absolutely, man. I just had a whole idea for another series that I'll have to have you back on. So. Speaking of tough conversations, Jody, we are in this series called Setback, and so we're just going to go ahead and jump right on in. Um, you know, we've all experienced setbacks in our life, setbacks in our marriage, parenting. I mean, you just name it. But we're kind of focusing in on, you know, career. And uh, you experienced a short setback in your ministry career several years ago. Uh, would you be willing to just kind of start walking us through that and just kind of telling us wh- where that kind of how that happened? Yeah, I mean, we were, uh, this is, you know, four years ago, almost, well, it was four years ago at this point. And so we had, uh, we were living, uh, we were back east at that point and had been in a, a spot we loved uh, coming up on, we had almost eight years at there at that point. Great relationships. I stepped into a, a pretty unhealthy uh, student ministry at that point, I, I think. I was the fifth youth pastor that the senior class had had. They'd just been through a ton of transition. And so it really took some time to earn trust, just not just from the students, yeah. but from the leaders, from the parents, from everybody, that we weren't going to leave. Um, you know, I think about four years in, I had a youth, one of our best youth leaders come and say, man, I can't believe you haven't left yet. <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't know what that means. Like, you, like, is that a compliment? Maybe I'm a little yeah. slow sometimes, but... Uh, and, uh, you know, I think we had, uh, we, but we had really established some consistency, you know, seven years in and had, uh, honestly, even, even now thinking back to that, like we really did it right. It was healthy. Uh, it was, it was, uh, discipling well. My role initially was just overseeing junior high and high school and it expanded to college. We were a few minutes away from the third largest college in the state university in the state and you know even even that kind of walked into a room of seven that first day overseeing the college ministry and i think at that point 
you know, eight plus years later, we were, we were looking at, we'd gone from seven to like about 80 or 90, um, in a, in a, you know, moderate sized church. This is not a massive church that we're serving at at the time. So it's pretty significant. Um, I was, had come out of a season of finishing up school where I was doing full-time school and, um, you know, it, it'd been a pretty long run. And of course, being a husband and a dad of four kids and had kids in our student ministry. Some of my kids were already in our student ministry and just had some deep roots. This place had really become our home, our family. The, and, and, you know, I would say even to this day, much of our, much of the people we consider really close friends and family are still from there and, and out of that. And, yeah. Um, there was a bit of a transition in uh, the church leadership on the lay side um, and you kind of saw it coming. I think all of us on staff felt that coming. And um, there certainly were some conversations of like, oh, gosh, you know, what is this going to look like the next couple of years? And there was plenty of crazy that went down. And that's a whole other story for one of the day. <laughs> well, let me let yeah. me interrupt you there real quick. When you say lay, explain that to our... Yeah, so our for staff. us at, at that church particularly, you know, we were obviously... Um, we had plenty of staff, full-time staff, but we had a few um, uh, committees or teams of folks that were kind of led by just folks within the church. So uh, we had an advisory uh, board or an advisory team that didn't really have any authority necessarily. They just served to kind of help us um, make some decisions and they weren't really an elder board. Um, it was just, a right. you know, maybe a, kind of the lead or the chairman of other committees that we had that kind of came to, it was really helpful gotcha. actually to have yeah. when it worked well. Um, but you yeah, know, anything right. just like a staff, if you get the wrong people on staff, man, it's, it's tricky. That's right. Uh, so the, the church too had had some turnover prior to that. Uh, like I think I came on, our pastor had been there two years when I came, the worship pastor came six months after him, the, discipleship pastor six months after him and then I came six months after that and then there were a couple that had been there a little little before and then some that came after but just a ton of turnover and the some of those folks in that lay leadership role had been the reason for that turnover right and yeah so we uh you, you kind of knew the history of that you kind of knew where that might go and so all of a sudden now like our personnel team which was lay led and uh, some of the others, some of those folks had found their way back into some positions of influence and maybe a little more authority in that season. Mm. At least, at least if if not authority, influence, right? And so right. it started. You could feel it. You, could, you saw it coming, and then you could feel it coming. And so I had some I had some conversations with our senior pastor, and um, just like, okay, look, if this thing turns south, like you got to tell me so I get out of the plane before it crashes. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just honest conversations with, with, uh, with somebody who, you know, was my friend because we'd served together for a while. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think about January of that year, uh, the, the conversations shifted a bit where all of a sudden now, there was this uh, pressure to do more, which in student ministry is like pretty common. Like, I don't want to pretend like mm -hmm. it's not, but we had largely built over eight years at that point, a student ministry that was not super event driven. Like we did events, but it was more, you know, life on life mentoring, um, right. you know, commitment to the word being faithful. It was just healthy. Like we had fun. We had right. lots of fun, but it, it was, it was balanced. It was very balanced. Um, you know, and, and, and like a lot of churches, this, this church at, at the, that moment was looking at bigger churches, particularly those mm. in late leadership, like, Oh, how do we be that? And right. You know, I'm saying like, but what if we weren't, what if we were just, yeah. what if hey, we were just us? What if we were different? You know, like what, if, what right. would that look like if we weren't that? Because we're not, <laughs> and we have a different name, and different people, and different building, and, and different budgets. Very different budgets, right? 
<laughs> and so the pressure, the pressure to do more, and that's kind of where the conversation started. Like, man, okay, you know, there's really this pressure to do more activities and to do more events and to do, and it, like at an insane pace that just wasn't sustainable for anybody, let alone for me, mm-hmm. to the point that even our parents and students were like, what the heck is happening, man? Like, we can't, we can't do all yeah. this and be in all this or afford all this. Like, right. Yeah, I know, but I don't want to get fired, so... <laughs> yeah sorry guys <laughs> I did but you know at the same time you're like okay i can do this for a season if this is what it right. takes because the beauty of that you know was that those folks in lay leadership at some point would no longer be in lay leadership just like they rotated on they'd rotate off and life would go on at least in my mind that's kind of let's weather the storm and stick it out but it just kept escalating and uh yeah you know i was going i was out three or four nights a week just trying to do everything Gosh. you know and 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 part of that is the nature of like ministry student ministry right, right. i'm a big proponent right. of like just invite them along so if i'm doing something and i it's something i'd be doing anyway come on over we had a big tree in our front yard i hate raking leaves they need to be raked hey why don't you guys come over and help me rake leaves, which means you rake leaves and I'll buy some soda and pizza and we'll talk. I'll hold a rake. Yeah, we'll talk. I'll hold a rake. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys can do the labor, you know, whatever that, whatever that looks yeah. like. And, and so we're still doing some of that, but trying to do the college ministry and that was, was tricky because I'm on campus for the college ministry a couple right. nights a week. And then, you know, in the fall, in the South especially, you're at every football game and there's a lot. Yeah, you know, so you are. a couple football games on a Friday and um, trying to show up for all the club things. And and then you're throwing. And you're just running yourself right. Oh, yeah. And at one point, you know, the conversation is like, man, I think I'm I'm burned out, man. I'm, I'm given all I've got here. I need I need a break. And the response wasn't incredibly helpful or healthy. It was kind of like, well, maybe a change of scenery. Like, ah, ah, I don't know what that well, means. I have no idea what you mean by that, yeah. but I'll just pretend like you don't know what you mean either. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll give you a little we, grace in that. You know, you're a realtor. I don't think you understand. Like if I said, Hey, <laughs> you're burned out of doing, of selling houses. You probably just change the scenery. Like, what does that mean for you? Like, Oh, that means yeah, you're going on vacation. Mean? Right. Yeah. I, I love a vacation. Yes. You can send me on a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah yeah so you so okay so you know you start having these conversations they they're they're wanting you to do more you know you you had built a ministry of balance and strategy the events you were doing were very strategic because they happen along a calendar season which students and families so appreciate uh, they want you to do more and then you get to the conversation Tell us a little bit. Yeah, I mean, well, when you say, let me say this, when you say strategic, I mean, that's the, that was the key. Like we walked in there, saw the dysfunction and said, okay, what do we want to build in our students? Like, what do we want to see in our students when they graduate? And sitting down and having those conversations with staff and volunteers and parents was really helpful because now we had a target and then we said, okay, that's five years from now. And then where can we be in three? Where can we be in two? Where can we be in one? And then get to five. And it's like, okay, let's recast some vision now. We have this. Where do we want to be five years? And so we were very strategic in building that. That's why it was so healthy. Um, And so now all of a sudden someone's coming in from the outside of that trying to say like, well, we don't think that's important. We just want more kids in the room. Um, Which never works, by the way. Like if you want kids in the room, I can get you kids in the room. But then you're going to complain about all the damage that's done to the building and all the that's cigarette right. butts in the parking lot. And, you know, and I weren't even talking about the deacons. I'm just talking about like the mm. students. Yeah. And so we, uh, yeah. So I had, um, it kind of, it kind of all came to kind of a head. I was speaking at a camp um, way out in the middle of nowhere. And my wife at the time was working remotely. Um, as an executive assistant for a pretty large ministry at the time. And so there's no Wi-Fi where we are, like, mm-hmm. or there is, but 
It's not great. It's body. And so she was working on this massive project uh, for her work. And so we were kind of driving into town a little bit to find a coffee shop with some Wi-Fi so she could figure out some stuff. And, um, you know, and this camp is probably 45 minutes from my family, which is way closer than we lived at the time because we were several hours away and a few hours from hers. And, you know, I think both of our families continue even now to understand the struggle and pace of ministry, especially student ministry in the summer, because everybody else goes on vacation and you, you, right. You ramp, ramp up, up, you go to work. Um, and so there's just been enough of those conversations that you're like, Oh my gosh, what the heck is going on? And no one realizes how busy you are either. Um, so, um, you know, my wife had posted on Facebook, like just the pace of summer, and um, mm-hmm. what that looks like in student ministry and how tiring it is, but how rewarding it is because, you know, we see so much fruit from ministry from that season. And um, and it wasn't crazy. Like if you read it, you'd be like, oh, yeah, sure. That's, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my pastor, though, at the time is on vacation in Hawaii while we're there, you know, because. Nice. Why not? Because he gets to take why vacation. Why not? And uh, I was on vacation too, speaking at a camp. That's that was my vacation. Yeah. And so, uh, I guess somebody sends it. One of the, some of those guys on lay leadership see it, and they get all puffed up, and they think we're talking about the church, which is stupid. And um, so I send it to him, so it becomes this thing. Well, I don't know what's going on, man. I'm just trying to finish out the week here, and um, you know, I get back to we get back from the week and. I get a text from, I say, hey, come on in. Can we meet in the morning? I'm like, sure. You know, whatever. So this is Monday morning. And uh, I roll in Monday and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, this is weird because, you know, one of those guys who's now the lay leader, director of personnel and their ministry pastors there. And so they they start about this Facebook thing. I have no idea what they're talking about. Like, I honestly, I'm like, yeah, I haven't seen it. Seen like, it. You, so they about five minutes in, I'm like, whoa, 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 can we back up and just tell me what the heck you're talking about? Like, <laughs> so they sure enough, they printed out this thing and they've got it highlighted. And they're like, man, this sounds like you're. I'm like, oh, and let me read it, you know. So I read it. I'm like, I don't, I still don't understand. Like, if anything, this yeah, this feels saw. like a compliment to the not a mm. criticism. Um. And and there and look, I don't know for sure, right? I can't say, but there was some, right. uh, there was an agenda there, in my opinion, that went beyond that, and that just gave them the excuse. I mean, there was some crazy things that were going on that I never could quite understand, and even now, four years later, still, I'm like, I don't really know what happened there. Um, so anyway, I'm trying to make sense of this and tell them what I think is the context of, of that and why they're crazy. And I'm really sorry this ruined your vacation in Hawaii. Uh, you know, mm. <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah. So anyway, all that ends with me quitting and, uh, wow. I'm like, you know what? I think, I think I'm done here. You know, I don't, don't know that we could go any further. Uh, with the direction that you're feeling like you want us to go. And, and I think part of it was, you know, me saying like, I don't understand how you expect me to do all the things you're wanting me to do and why you think that would suddenly be successful. You've trusted right. me, you know, eight, almost nine years. You've known me and trusted me. And all of a sudden now you're, it seems like you're not. And I, and I, and I'm, I'm really struggling to understand other than all of a sudden now we've got folks who want to be something that we can't be and aren't or that think they know what we need, which by the way is what you had with the guy who was before me, which is what you hired me to not be, <laughs> you know, like that was right. the conversations like right. the guy before, before me uh, was just all events, all activities. It was a mile wide and inch deep and it was, utter chaos and wasn't growing and no one was really you know it was everything you would not want the stereotypical thing that's why you hired me not to be that so now you're like yeah want me to be that 
Yeah, so it ended that, and then, uh, you know, I I prayed for those guys in the room there, and the, which I think just made them uh, angry, frustrated, and then mm. I was asked to sign some non-disclosure stuff, and they already had it prepared. Oh yeah, just oh oh, so they that that was that, that, that meeting. meeting. I think they knew I was pretty close to the mm. end of my rope because I had been kind of asking like what where where what is the end of this you know right what's the end game in this yeah yeah so and then i went home for the day okay so okay so before you go home like the drive oh i didn't make it to the car you didn't even make it i I made some phone calls before i walked out the door what are you feeling what are you thinking and just in that moment um well, for sure there's hurt there, you know? Right. And I even, I, I remember even saying like to my pastor in that moment, which I think, and, and, and let me say this, like, I'm going to, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt in that moment because I've never been a senior pastor and I've never played one on TV. So I don't, <laughs> I, I know the pressure of leading from my seat and at times how difficult that is and I can only imagine as a senior pastor trying to navigate those things uh, right and to handle those appropriately and to interpret things appropriately with all of the people that are in your ear you know right so I will give some grace there but I, I did say in that moment like man I I think what I'm so confused about guys is like, I've been here almost nine years. Like, you know me, like why right. all of a sudden you would see this and not recognize that at least not have the decency to call me and say, Hey, what's up with this? Right. You know, what's going on? Where are you at? Cause that would have, that would, that, that I think that whole day would have ended differently. I, I'm not, Right. I'm not sure that I would still be there. You know, like right. I, I don't think, and, and I'll say this too, uh, Michael, I think, you know, I mean, this is not a plug. This is just whatever. So take this for us. Like I, my youth ministry podcast is called the longer hall. Like it's a longevity right. podcast. Like I'm Absolutely. a, I'm a longevity guy. I'm a loyal guy. Like I will stay through anything just about, you really have to pretty much make me leave. And I, and I think looking back and maybe I'm getting ahead in your questions, but the writing had kind of been on the wall and not in the sense that it was coming to what it did, just in the sense that I think God was really shaking me loose prior. Like, I think I had done what I was there to do and probably all that I was going to be able to do given what the direction of things were headed. Cause that, that pivot for me that I felt student ministry wasn't just me feeling that like, our kids right. guy, you know, our kids pastors feeling that like our worship pastor feeling, everyone's feeling that. Um, right. It just hit me first, you know? And I think so. Yeah. Maybe I should have left sooner. Uh, and not tried to, you know, in my mind, I'm like, ah, we can figure this out. We can make this work. No, it was just never, a. it was really just not much of an option or a thought that how could I not be here? We've spent, so much time here you know and so right i mean yeah i mean you you i mean you just think about it just go back through i mean you you were there eight years is you five-year vision now you're in the second half of a uh, i would assume a new five-year vision the ministry is successful like there's there's nothing to actually literally say your performance as a youth pastor at this church was poor Poor. Right, yeah. I mean, you had a successful student ministry. You had a successful college ministry. You had, you know, deeply planted roots in the area you were living in. Uh, great relationships, from yeah. what I oh, understood, yeah. with your staff. So I, I can totally imagine the hurt feeling and almost, in some ways, just a little bit of uh, blindsidedness. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. We're, like, for sure. the Facebook post is, is the catalyst That's for. Dumb. 
this big change. And it wasn't like honestly. I mean, we we deleted that thing. I'm like, oh, this is stupid. But if you read it, <laughs> you would seriously sit there and go, wait, what? I don't, I don't understand. Like, I, I gen- genuinely don't understand. Um, and I knew too, walking out like, ah, oh, crap. This is going to be big, obviously. And I knew my wife's going to feel yeah. like this was her fault, which it was not. Yeah, it was not. Like, it was not right. You know, like, absolutely. Right. Um, I think, you know, you're, you're feeling a lot of emotion in that moment. Uh, yeah. Confusion, uncertainty, fear is in that. Um, I'm, but yeah, I think I think hurt is probably the big one. And yeah, you know, I'm I'm a pretty driven guy, and I think. You know, the crazy part is, and again, I hope, you know, if you're listening, hear this with the humility, I mean it with like, here I am almost nine years in that point. I am, uh, I'm in way into my second decade of student ministry as a whole. I have built this amazing team around me. I am literally helping our state convention I'm teaching things for the state convention, speaking at things for the state convention. I am, uh, you know, mentoring, coaching. I have got this youth ministry podcast on longevity that I've been doing. Right. You know, I, I, and I'm coaching and mentoring through that on that side. Like, and now, right. Other youth pastors are looking to you. And now I'm like, (laughs) right. Dang. Maybe maybe I'm gonna get us all fired, you know? <laughs> like or, or we're all gonna quit. I don't know. Like, you know, I think so that that, okay, that so a whole lot of other that's a whole other side of it because it wasn't just like Right. I mean, I think if you're in ministry, you know like your job is so much of who you are is in your identity. Yeah. But beyond my job, right, even the things I was doing outside of my job per se. We're right. still revolving around my role, right? That, because you're, you're, that you're I just walked in, away in from. some ways <laughs> as a right, right. I mean, in some ways, your your hobbies end up, uh, especially when you see this as a calling. Your hobbies, the things you do for fun, sometimes get very connected. Like I love golf, um, and that's developed over the last several years, and it's it's actually really connected to my role yeah. as a pastor. I get to go out and take people to the golf course and, and really have uh, moments where we kind of talk about life. And man, I end up doing some counseling. I end up doing some pastoral stuff through the, the yeah. habit of golf. So I could, it, yeah, your habits, the things you're doing outside of your work sometimes always end up connecting to your yeah, work. For sure. And, and I think that that really led to, well, no, so here's the other thing. Let me say this too. You know, I resigned that day. I walked out, right? And we kind of settled on options. Okay. Like, that, you know, like, like we can, we'll give you a three month severance, which is a joke. You're not going to find a job in three months. Well, you could now as a youth pastor. <laughs> yeah. But then you couldn't. Um, and, and we can be done, which part of me really wanted to do just to, but not. Mm. But I, I wanted to finish well, you know. The other option was, okay, right. you work three months and we'll pay you, you know, the three months as you work right. and then and then publicly resign at the end. And that's I and I chose option oh. two. So okay. I I resi- you know, I kinda of resigned in the office that day and then um I didn't tell anybody until that was in July, I think. And then so I didn't I didn't tell anybody until mm. September. And then I gave it two week and I was out. And and then over that three yeah, months, just having to, you know, I'm I'm trying to prepare people, put things in place without them knowing, and make yeah. sure that things are set so that when I do step out, what I've spent the last nine years building isn't for nothing. Which yeah, you know, is going to be the case anyway. You just don't want it to be your fault, right? Right, absolutely, man. Okay, so you you do that, you know, you, you resign that day. Um, you go home, you talk to your wife. You guys kind of start processing all this. Just maybe give us a few ways you guys 
you know, looking back on that, that you were able to kind of grieve in that season. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, um, it immediately became what's next, you know? And so it was questions that came. I think I don't, to be fair, I don't, I don't know that that moment allowed for grieving. You know what I'm saying? Mm, like, a good point. I think that yeah. came later. I think as the, as a husband, as a father, um, as a pastor, even like it was okay. What, it, what's next? What do I need to do now to make sure that, that people in my life are cared for? And, and it was, so there was a couple things on that that were really important. Um, for the, for the immediate, we knew, okay, at least for the next few months, I'm working, right? So that part, that, that is, that's, that's taken thing. care of. The, the other thing that came for me was, okay, how do I, how do I handle this in such a way that doesn't, that doesn't put unnecessary and unneeded guilt on my wife? over the circumstance mm. of that. Um, right. And then how do I do this in such a way that my kids don't know? Because they're in the youth ministry. Yeah. And because I don't want my kids to walk away hating the church. I don't want them to be bitter. I want them to, they loved our church. We all loved that church, still mm. love that church. Like that, this had that, that moment didn't change that for us and hasn't right um the and 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 so you know how do i lead my family through that in such a way that that, okay so those two things were personally that was the priority then the next thing that for me was and this was you know my wife and i sit down okay what's next and what does that look like and and so you know at that point i'm 38 maybe which is like a pretty old for a youth pastor you young know, 38 um, yeah yeah doesn't feel old now because i'm four years older but that's the time <laughs> it felt old, right and um probably had been telling well not probably i had had people telling me for years to you know that i needed to be doing something else and another type of position or lead pastor or something um really enjoy preaching and had, had done that and you know, that's probably the part that appeals to me in that regard. But yeah, I also don't think students need crappy preaching either. I think it's okay to be a really good communicator right. and be doing that with students. And so we sat down. It was two questions. It's like, what's next? Are we staying in student ministry? Or are we not? That was, that was key. And then do we draw a circle and, uh, and mm. on the map and, you know, do we go back towards family? Cause we weren't really near family at all. Do we right. define geographically? Do we draw a circle? Cause we knew we were going to be searching. And, and I don't, I don't think that the question was ever, do we stay in ministry like that? That was never a question for us. Gotcha. So, um, we kind of said, well, we'll, we'll pursue whatever initially, but it didn't take long for us to settle back to like, no, man, we still love students and families like this is our passion. And honestly, at 38, it felt like, man, I'm in my prime. Like I sit down, Mm. I sit even now, like, you know, I'm 41, about to be 42, my parents are younger than me uh, in our student ministry. Some of them coming into junior high. And so when I sit yeah. down now in a room of parents, I'm not the 22 year old that's saying, can you please come chaperone an event? Because I'm not old enough to drive the rental car. You know, <laughs> now I'm sitting here right. saying, Hey, let me tell you as a parent, right. What this looks like. Someone who's parented, you know, my oldest is out of high school. She's, you know, right. So we're trying to figure out parenting somewhat adult children and, it's just a different season uh, right? and and navigating all that. So I just felt like, okay, we're in our prime on that. The, uh, the geographical question was really a no-brainer for us too because we had always, I mean, at that point, you know, we were, what, 20 years in, probably 19, 20 years into student ministry and had been telling kids that whole time, like, man, you put your yes on the table and let God put the yes on the map. And... Mm. I remember us sitting there and saying, gosh, it's our turn. You know, like if, if we don't, what, what does it say about us and what we've been challenging students with for the last 20 years? If, 
if we're not willing to do the same. And so, yeah, that's what we did. We said we're going to stay with students and we're going to go wherever that looks like. And, you know, I was really praying for like Hawaii, Bahamas, someplace <laughs> nice. Um, and instead we're in California. And, uh, yeah. and you know, I, I'm so grateful. I really am. And we can talk more about that even in a little bit. But, you know, now our family wasn't so grateful. Like in hindsight, we should have told our family we were going to like the Middle East. You know, if God, God, God's calling us to Iraq, and Afghanistan, Sudan, let them freak out for a few weeks and be like, you know what? Actually, we found a great Actually, church in California. We're going to go to instead. They'd be like, oh my gosh, thank you. That's fantastic news. But uh, we, led, we led with California yeah. and that was kind of like, oh, wait, what? That's that was really the far mistake. from here. I'm like, yeah, mistake. but you don't visit now. So <laughs> what does that matter? What does it matter now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you look back on that season and man, you guys walked through that and just how, as you said, you know, you know, leaving that conversation thinking, okay, the two things, what's next? And how do I, how do I care for my family in this season of unknowns? How do I care for my wife? Who's probably going to feel like, uh, feel the responsibility. And I know your wife, she's amazing. Uh, I had the privilege of having her work for me for a season and she's awesome. And I know that she takes everything she does super seriously and she's really good at what she does. And I, and as a wife in general, I'm married too. We know our wives, feel the burdens when we walk through things, you know, they feel it probably even more than we do. And so looking back on that season, maybe just one or two ways that you saw God's faithfulness, the, that you were able to be grateful for that you guys are able to say, okay, you know what? When I look back on that, man, God showed up in this way and it just, it, it, it just really just blew me away, you know, in, in, in the midst of a lot of uncertainty and ambiguity. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I I think in that moment that that kind of where everything comes in that meeting right everything comes to head I really do think God was in that moment for me because the way I responded mm. um was not how I would normally respond you know I mm. think I think he really allowed me to be more uh gracious and yeah uh humble and probably confident in a, in not, not in a arrogant way, but just like, okay, you know, this is going to be fine. And, and I think the way I responded really helped. And in fact, you know, for what it's worth for those, like once it was all done and before I left, you know, my pastor did come back and apologize and say, man, I don't think I handled that well. And I was like, yeah, well, that's two of us. Um, <laughs> but you know, like I, I think, um, I think that was a, that was a recognition of that. And, you know, there's, I, we've, we've talked to a few folks, um, and it just, even in the last few months who have kind of left and they're no longer there at the church, they've moved away or whatever. And, you know, they've kind of asked like, man, why did you leave? You know, and it's like, well, mm. So just well, even the fact that I think that God allowed us to lead and finish well, that no one knew. Yeah. And and if they're listening to this podcast, which they probably aren't, but because they wouldn't listen to a ministry podcast, <laughs> just like they don't listen to my podcast. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're probably hearing this for the first time and thinking, holy crap, like who knew that was going? Yeah. I mean, it really, God really allowed us to, 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 uh, and it was hard. Like, listen, I don't want to downplay this. Like, Man, every day getting up and walking in was hard. Um, yeah. And I think God just allowed us to finish well in a really difficult circumstance. And then what followed, honestly, was the most difficult, right? And it, it wasn't, uh, and I would say the greatest lessons came with what followed. You know, once I was done, mm. resigned and stepped out, um, for the first time, I mean, like I said at the beginning, I've been a youth pastor since I was 18. 18 so for the first yeah. time in my adult life, I'm not Pastor Jody. And there, there are no words to explain how, how difficult that is to process. Like it's an identity question, yeah. right? And I think that's yep. when you start yep. realizing 
how much of your identity is wrapped up in, for me, is wrapped up in being a youth pastor, a student pastor. And, um, you know, I think wrestling through that was so difficult, but it was so good. And, And look, man, I ended up with a great counselor to help me work through some of that stuff. Um, yes, yes. Even before, like I was even meeting with him before that whole thing, which probably would helped me in that moment, honestly. Um, right. And, but kind of coming through that and I, and I think it really set me up wrestling through the identity question and how to process emotionally all the things that I was dealing with as a three on the Enneagram and a lion and the animal thing and a, <laughs> D on the disc. I mean, just incredibly driven. Yes, you know? like, I remember. Not a very emotionally driven guy, but um, really helped me be able to walk into here where I am now. I, I still wounded. Like uh, I think everybody, you don't leave someplace and walk into someplace not wounded. I don't care in the best no. of circumstances. But, yep, you yeah, got some battle scars, but, but ready. And I feel like we hit the ground running when we got here, and took some ground quick and early well let's talk about that real quick okay so this is really to our third question is you know how did you pursue what was to come next kind of just give us the short end story of where you ended up at and just kind of what god has been doing yeah so we we knew we needed to find some place so that's what we started doing called everybody i knew and just said hey uh (laughs) if you hear anything we're we're willing to have that conversation and went to all the normal spots and posted, you know, resume and started looking and searching. And, um, and I think even that was rewarding and encouraging because all of a sudden you're like, wow, okay. Yeah. We, there's a lot of conversations happening here. Like there's a lot of people that see value in what we bring. Uh, and so we, uh, we were pursuing that and in conversations with a lot of churches in that moment. And, you know, so slowly trying to navigate, okay, well, this one doesn't, and, and, you know, again, I had the benefit of 20 some years in and being older and knowing myself well and knowing what I'm good at and not good at. And so for me, that season was about fit and nothing else. And I asked a lot of questions in every interview that I'm guessing most people had never been asked before. (laughs) <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> and, and I just was really concerned about fit because I just was so confident that we were going to be okay. I just knew, I mean, it just felt like, man, God's got this and we're going to be fine and we'll figure it out. And so um, I had a friend who sent my information to a search firm that the, the church I'm at now is using, uh, which you were at at the time. And, um, so I wasn't even pursuing that. I was, I was in other conversations with that search firm about other positions when they called me about the one I'm in now, which the role I'm in now is even the one I was hired to even in that. But, um, right. And so it's interesting cause it was, it was like, yeah, okay, well we'll see, you know, again, yes on the table. Uh, and yeah, that's right. So when we got, we came now, what I know now is that the search on the church's side had been going on for a long time. But for me, it was fast. It was really fast. Mm. We got a phone call from the executive pastor and um, like the former executive pastor who's still on staff doing things. And so I had a phone interview there, got a questionnaire, filled it out more thorough than I probably, I guarantee you, than anyone else. (laughs) Because again, I'm thinking like anybody who's going to read this, they're not going to want a student pastor like this. Like, And if they don't, I'm not their guy. And so... Yeah, then I got a call. Uh, we came out for a weekend. And I think when we showed up Friday, we were probably in pretty serious conversations about eight churches. Mm. And I remember on the way out, my wife and I on the plane saying, like, we really, we've been praying for open doors, open doors, open doors. And now we need to pray that God closes them. Yeah. We need some clarity. We got to figure this yeah. out. Because um, our savings is not going to hold forever. <laughs> it's not lasting and two. <laughs> yeah so when i think when we got to there when we got here it was you know probably seven or eight churches and by the time we left i think sunday morning we were down to two and mm. 
then I had called the other the other and said no that morning, which was you know pretty great role, um, right. but just didn't feel like it was going to be a good fit for us, and and still wasn't sure about this one. You know, like well maybe we'll start over, and I'm okay with that too. Yeah, but then um, you know I think on the plane just talking through it on the way back and asking my wife like what do you think and she's like I think this is it which is that's not how that normally goes in our house because I'm right. like mm, are you right. sure because I don't know what the- <laughs> let me <laughs> ask you again question, right? uh, maybe let me rephrase that and yeah so we thought we'd be coming a second weekend um, mm. and then that Monday morning got a call from the executive pastor offering us a position and we took it let me let me just interject in here right here. So for those those of you listening, uh, I was part of the hiring team. Jody was going to come work for my team and work on my team with me. Um, I think have I told you this when I knew it was you when I knew you no, were the right Starbucks the homeless lady. remember Starbucks yeah the homeless Miss T yes <laughs> Miss T oh gosh yeah. that was the night before though. So the day I think you guys were getting ready to fly out, um, uh, a few hours later, so I said, "Hey, let's let's meet up at Starbucks." You know, just kind of some last conversations, just to hang out. Any uh, any extra questions you guys might have? I was already kind of leaning that way, uh, and of course, the night before, <laughs> we ran into Miss T, the homeless lady, super sweet lady. Um, really got really got you a picture of of the yeah. part of Southern California. I still California see her all the time. In. Oh, yeah, Do you really? Room. She's always oh, looking gosh. for that cat. Okay. <laughs> but um, so we're at Starbucks and I'm sitting there with you and your wife. And um, you said something about the longevity that you had and what you were hoping to accomplish. And uh, and again, yeah, a testament to your questions. I mean, of all the people we interviewed, you came in with the most questions, the most prepared ready to go. I mean, asking questions we had not even heard, asking questions in my 12 years of experience I had not even asked. Um, And in that moment at Starbucks, I remember just looking at you and your wife and it was just like, I mean, I don't, I hate to over-spiritualize things. I really, bugs me when some people do that. But in this moment, I really felt the spirit just be like, this is it. So it was like, there was no need for a second interview. I literally went back to our executive pastor and I was like, hey, this is the guy. Like, let's not waste any more money and time. This dude, he's going to be great. And uh, I, yeah, I was just super excited when you accepted the role. And I think I talked to you almost every day as you guys were driving out. I called you almost every day. (laughs) I I just couldn't wait for you to get there. There, so like. We, That's our, true. we sold our house so fast when this is when the market wasn't insane. And like, I'm, we sold it over Thanksgiving weekend. Like who does that? And didn't have a new house to get to. So our, the movers came loaded up our house and we started driving and I just told them to go to the city. And I said, I'll, I'll <laughs> give you a house when we have one. And we were driving from Georgia, you know, and so, like, I think in Texas, right. somewhere in Texas, we finally ended up with a place you did, you were able to kind of help vouch for that. Yes, we're actually yeah. moving to California, not leaving it. <laughs> this is a real person. <laughs> and so I called the moving company and said, okay, here's the address to take our stuff to. And we were, you know, like middle of Texas. <laughs> and, and even in that, like, totally not freaked out. Just like, yeah, we'll be okay. Yeah, I, I yeah. asked, I remember the one question I asked. Uh, I mean, I remember most of the questions I asked because I asked them a lot, but... I did have you a, had notebook. a notebook. One of the questions that I always tell people to ask is about vacation. Um, mm. And it, I ask, do you take all your vacation? And I remember asking that. And uh, the executive pastor was like, he kind of sat back and he's like, that's an interesting question. Why would you ask that? And I'm like, oh, okay, he's not going to answer it. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> and I said, well, because if you don't take all of yours, then the expectation, the assumption is that I will not be able to take all of mine. And, and, Man, and I was coming from a place, right. That, I didn't get to, um, even though I had it, it just was never, there was never time for that. And if I did, it right. was like, Oh man, you know, kind of looked down on. And and so I think some of that is you just learn, you know, where you're leaving and you know what you need. Yeah. And not that it's about everything that you need. Um, it, it's just ultimately it is about, there's so much about fit. Like I see, 
and this is, you know, I don't want to chase a rabbit here, but when I see folks who don't, in student ministry especially, who don't stay, so many times it's because they 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 didn't ask the right questions and they took a they took something yeah. that they were never going to be a good fit for. Um, and we over again we over spiritualize like oh this is a great opportunity and I feel like God's calling me here. Well, look, God gave you a brain too, man. Like you can say no, like don't yep. take a job you can't afford to be at. Now, don't take a job right. or turn down a job just because of the money either. But I think right, you know, if this church is not going to care well for your family then don't be surprised when you get there and you took the job unsure about that when your family is on the ropes, you know, or right. if they're not going to let you take a break when you need it for vacation that they tell you you have, like that's a problem or, you know, I'm right. just, I think you've got to figure out, do they value teaching? Are you a good teacher? If you're not a good teacher and they have a high teaching value, then you shouldn't go there, be good. you know, like if it, is this a highly academic, right. highly affluent, um, th- all those things matter. And, and you've got to ask those questions and figure out kind of where you fit and what you bring. And for me, especially coming from the deep, deep Bible belt, right, into mm-hmm. Southern California, I knew there was going to be differences and challenges. And I knew that I, the way I viewed the world and the ministry was very different than the world I was stepping into. And I was okay with that. Mm. Like I, I saw that as an opportunity for myself to grow, uh, but I also felt like that brought a different perspective, a needed perspective. And the question for me was, can yeah. those two weld together? And, you know. Yeah. Yep. So far. Yeah. So good. I'm still here. Yeah. Well, Jody, okay. Well, oh, this has been such a great episode. Let me just give you the last word. Any quick wisdom that uh, you want to share with our listeners who might be dealing with setbacks themselves. Not yes, more so towards their career, but just maybe in just some parenting and marriage. Just a you know, any wisdom, quick wisdom. Yeah, you I want think to share it with starts them. with the basics, right? Like you need to really be uh, really certain of your salvation. No one talks about that, mm-hmm. uh, yes. but you know how many youth camps have you been to? We see youth pastors saved. I, you know, I mean, I remember sitting in chapel right. at Bible college watching guys get. You know, guys and girls give their lives to Jesus. I'm like, what the heck is happening? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, I'm confused. Um, so I think you got to know. You got to know that. You, you really got to know that. And I think, um, you know, in terms of, especially in terms of ministry, it's got to be. You got to know your calling. I mean, you, you have right. to be able to, to be able to to know and be confident in your calling. Um, you can step into a ministry position for a number of reasons. And in student ministry, especially, you and we've talked about this. You can do student ministry for probably two years without Jesus, because you can mm. do enough. You can, especially now, you can buy enough sermons. You can do enough games. You can, you can fake it for a while, but at the end of it, if it's not, if it's not deeply rooted in calling, I mean, you're never going to last. You're yeah. just never going to last. That that's what yeah. keeps you. That's what keeps you. And so I think that's probably true in anything you're in, but man, you know, you really need to be certain in your salvation. You need to be really um, confident in that calling. And if that's your marriage, that's your setback, man, you got to know that, man, you made a commitment and a covenant and there's right. a calling to your spouse go fight for that. I mean, look, as a pastor, we've more. done marriage counseling too. I'm going to fight for my marriage. Just like a fight. Absolutely. For else. Um, and then I think you just, man, don't give up. I mean, I, yeah. To me, that's what it really, I mean, those other things are essential, right? Don't, don't get me wrong, but it would have been easy to give up. It would have been easy to be like, man, here I am 38. I've poured my whole life into this. Now I'm basically being told I'm not good at what I do. Right. I mean, I'll just go get another job somewhere and I can make more money, work less, actually be able to take vacation um, you know, and, 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 and it would have been the easier road to take, but it wouldn't have been the right one. And I wouldn't be the student pastor I am today either. Right. And, um, right. so I think, uh, but again, you can look at it two ways. You can see the setback as a, as an off ramp, or you can see it as a challenge and everybody's personality is different, but man, my personality is like, no, I'm going to run at that. I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to beat this and come out the other side. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Jody. Yeah, if you're a youth pastor or even a parent or a student and you're just looking for information or just how to do ministry, how to love the next generation, how to love students, uh, the Longer Haul Youth Podcast is where it is. Uh, Jody has been a tremendous voice in the space of the next generation. And so you can find that on wherever you subscribe uh, to your podcast. Jody, thanks for joining yeah, the episode today. Out. It was a lot of fun. Yes, sir. And I want to thank you for listening today. If this was helpful for you, would you do me a favor, a big favor, and share this with others? Also, I'd love it if you'd provide a positive rate and review uh, wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever that is, because this will help this show reach more people. And you know what I say. It's what it's all about. It's not about fame or popularity. This podcast is all about encouraging and inspiring every Christian to love Jesus and to live out their purpose in uncommon ways. Thanks for joining, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. For more information on today's topic, visit UncommonChristianPodcast.com.